Hello, I'm Pastor Keith Babb III, and I want to thank you so much for tuning into the podcast of the Way Church of Tampa Bay. Our desire is that as a result of the word, that you no longer settle with simply coming to church, but you become the church. I pray that you enjoy this broadcast and that it challenges you, that it convicts you, and that it changes you. Thank you again, and let's enter into today's message. We pray now, God, that because of our worship and our submission to you, you've recognized this morning, God, that we love you more than anything. Forgive us for doubting you. For God, I'm reminded of the one said, who said, is there anything too hard for God? There's nothing too hard for you. Thank you, God, for your presence that is resting in this place. And every believer that thanks God for that, say thank God. And amen. Somebody give God a hand clap of prayer. Such a sweet spirit in this place on this morning. I believe God used the worship team and Dana to really shift some things in the atmosphere. One of the things that I'm reminded of is the Bible speaks of King Saul said he was troubled with a spirit and David would come and minister by way of worship and that spirit would lift him from him. I believe on today hearts have been and burdens have been lifted from hearts. I believe our hearts have now been prepared for what God wants to say. Somebody say I'm ready for his word. Our hearts are now prepared. Matthew chapter 13. Matthew chapter 13. I want us to look at verses 19 through 22. I love how God weaves things in his spirit through the spirit. Pastor Cole was saying something, praying over me right before I took my text and I talked about the attacks. Anybody under attack this morning? Matthew chapter 19, you'll see where I'm going. Looking at verses 19 through 22, standing reverence of God's holy word. The Bible says this is Jesus speaking. When anyone hears the word of the kingdom and does not understand it, then the wicked one comes and snatches away what was sown in his heart. This is he who received seed by the wayside. But he who received the seed on stony places, this is he who hears the word and immediately receives it with joy, yet has no root in himself, but endures only for a while. For when tribulation or persecution arises, somebody say attacks. Because of the word, immediately he stumbles. Now he who receives seed among the thorns is he who hears the word and the cares of this world and the deceitfulness of riches choke the word and he becomes unfruitful. So I want to say, is there anything too hard for God? I want you to be seated in the presence of the Lord. I want to minister from this subject this morning, the attacks on his kingdom. The attacks on his kingdom. In the natural, there are no legitimate kingdoms that do not face attacks. There's no legitimate kingdom that does not face attacks. And there's no different concerning the kingdom of heaven. The kingdom of heaven, watch this, and I need just to understand this, is not just subject to the planned attacks of the enemy, but the kingdom of heaven is also subject to the perpetual attacks of the enemy. 
In other words, if I'm a part of the kingdom, watch this, I'm always under constant attack. I know we don't like that, but somebody say, I'm under constant attack. And here's how I know this. Watch what Matthew chapter 11 verse 2 says. It says, and from the days of John the Baptist until somebody shout now. The kingdom of heaven suffers violence. Uh, So in other words, I need us to understand this. The kingdom of heaven has endured past attacks. The kingdom of heaven must prepare for future attacks. And the kingdom of heaven is presently being attacked. Somebody say, I'm under attack. And even more, I need us to understand that how we handle the violence of the enemy will determine how we receive the victory of the kingdom. So I've got to endure, somebody say, the attacks. Because watch this, our ability to both discern and defeat the attacks of the enemy will determine if we'll be able to advance God's kingdom. The reason why many of us fail to advance God's kingdom is because one, we don't discern the attacks. And the second thing is we don't know how to defeat the attacks. If I see the attacks, that's one thing, but it's another thing to defeat the attacks. This is where the Bible says that no weapon formed against us shall prosper. But why does it feel like so many believers are under attack and the weapons are prospering? Our exaltation of God's kingdom and our exaltation in the kingdom is determined by how we endure the attacks. Pastor Cole was praying over me and he said, I I pray that he endures and does not give up because of the attacks. Because if I want to be exalted in the kingdom, I've got to endure the attacks. It's also critical to be reminded of what I said before, that you can only advance the kingdom to the degree that the kingdom has been advanced in you. I can't advance God's kingdom unless it's first being uh, has been advanced in me. And somebody might be saying, why is this critical to understand? Because if the advancement of God's kingdom begins with me, then it also means that the attacks on God's kingdom will be directed at me as well. So if I'm a part of God's kingdom, somebody say I'm under attack. And if you're not under attack, that's scary, y'all, because it's a good place to be when I'm under attack. Because that means I'm a part of, somebody say, his kingdom. Yeah, his kingdom. Oh, I'm a part of his kingdom. Despite what you may believe, one of the ways in which the enemy attacks God's kingdom is by attacking you, those who belong to the kingdom. So it does not matter how much you want to desire to advance God's kingdom until you first learn how to deal with the attacks. And here's the problem with the body of Christ that I've had. We've taught people how to deal with prosperity. We've taught people how to deal with provision. But we have not taught people how to deal with persecution. We crawl in a hole at the sight of persecution. God says you got to endure the attacks to be exalted in my kingdom. In other words, the enemy wars against the believer so that the believer, watch this, might be at war with God's kingdom. I need y'all to understand something. If I don't handle the attacks well, it will put me at war with God's kingdom. And many of us are unbeknownst to ourselves at war with God's kingdom. And this is why Jesus himself said in Matthew 12, 25, it's on your screen, every kingdom divided against itself is brought to desolation. This is why some of the most um, signs of division can be found in the church. Folk will talk about you in the church. Folk will slander your name, somebody say, in the church. Folk will give up on you, somebody say, in the church. And you wonder why folk don't want to come to church. Because we're a kingdom divided against itself. 
The enemy wants to attack the believer in such a way that we find ourselves in direct opposition with God's kingdom. That's just where we find ourselves attacking the very kingdom that we've been called to advance. And I know you may not believe this. And some of y'all, 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 y'all seen the bloggers and the YouTubers and people on social media. You got pastors, preachers, and those that proclaim his word at odds or in opposition with the kingdom of God. Therefore, if we desire to advance God's kingdom, we got to ask ourselves some stuff. How does the enemy attack God's kingdom? How does the enemy attack us to the point where we find ourselves attacking God's kingdom? Those are critical questions we got to ask ourselves. Because watch this. I believe Jesus gives us the answers to these questions in our foundational text. For those of you who don't know, we find Jesus in our text explaining the parable of the sower. He opens up in verse 19 and instructs his disciples that the seed that is sown and must be sown is the word of the kingdom. Somebody say kingdom. And this word in our foundational text uh, in Matthew 13, 19 is the Greek word logos, which means decree, mandate or order. So here's what I need us to understand. He's saying that I need to sow the decree, the mandate or order of God in your life. So the enemy attacks us in such a way that the decree of God, that the mandate of God and the order of God cannot be established in our lives. This is how he attacks us. I need us to understand. He does not want to decree the word that's been spoken over your life. He comes against it. He does not want it to be established because if I te- if she walks in the very fact that she's been called to be a prophet and I, and, I, and I do not allow that decree to be established, my kingdom, the enemy's kingdom is in danger. Yeah. He does not want you, the mandate of God, whatever God has called over your life to be established in your life. And the enemy does not want the order of God. Somebody say that's the place of provision. If God's order might be established in my life, I can come against the kingdom. This is how, someone say this is how the enemy attacks me. And this is why Jesus goes on to explain in detail how the enemy attacks the word of the kingdom. And I need us, I need us to really focus real good. Somebody say, Holy Spirit, help me to focus. Because what I've seen in churches is that you will have a high time in worship and we get disconnected from the word. And this is what the enemy wants to happen in the body of Christ. So watch this so that the mandate, the decree and the order of God might not be established in my life. Somebody say the devil is a lie. Yeah, we're going to be focused this morning. If we desire to not find ourselves attacking God's kingdom, then we must discern how the enemy attacks the kingdom. Somebody say in me. I don't want to be a kingdom divided against itself. So let's examine our text. Let's look at verse number 19. I don't want nobody to get sleepy. I know y'all got football games. Y'all got to watch. Y'all got all kind of things on your mind. But somebody say focus. Verse number 19 says, when anyone hears the word of the kingdom and does not understand it, then the wicked one comes and snatches away what was sown in his heart. This is he who receives seed by the wayside. Where there is no revelation of God's kingdom, there can be no rule of God's kingdom. Somebody say, I need revelation. And somebody shout this. Somebody say, why? Because the degree, the mandate, watch this, and the order of God's kingdom that is not fully perceived, somebody say, understood will cause the believer to be to perish. If I don't understand the decree, the mandate, or the order of God in my life, I'm, I'm subject, somebody say, to perish. Yeah, to perish. And this is why the, the Lord warns believer with these words in the beginning portion of Hosea 4 and 6. My people 
are destroyed for a lack of knowledge. One, we've got the most illiterate generation of believers, and we wonder why we're defeated by the enemy because we lack, someone say, knowledge. You want to go to a church that shout but don't give you knowledge. Someone say, I need revelation. And the Hebrew translation of this word knowledge means truth. And here lies one of the ways that the enemy attacks the kingdom of God through believers is by the ignorance of men. The enemy wants you to be ignorant concerning the things of God. Someone say the devil is alive. And this is why I tell saints that you can't, watch this, you cannot reserve your study of God's word to Sunday alone. Because you will always lack knowledge and the enemy will always defeat you. We've got believers that depend on the preacher for their word and they wonder why they're always perishing. Because the enemy knows, watch this, if you can't receive the truth of God's kingdom, God's kingdom will never rule in your life. Watch this, this means that I'm so glad that the spirit moved in the way that it did. You can dance because of a word, but the enemy does not care if you dance because of a word that you do not discern. He does not care if you give because of a word that you do not grasp. And he does not care if you rejoice over a word that you have no revelation concerning. Because he knows if I can get you not to understand the word, I can defeat you. And we wonder when the, the issues of life arise, we're trying to pull on a word that we have no understanding concerning. And the sad reality is that we have many believers that dance, give, and rejoice over words that they have no revelation over. I don't care how charismatic the preacher is. I don't care what everybody else is doing and running around in the midst of receiving a word. I need to ask God, give me understanding. Because my people perish for a lack of knowledge. And here's a word of wisdom. Dancing of a word that you cannot discern is dangerous. I need y'all to know that and know that good. Somebody might be saying why? Because ignorance concerning the word of God's kingdom gives entrance to the enemy in your life. Somebody say that's the open door. I know y'all don't like that, but watch this. As soon as I do not understand the word, that's the open door for the enemy to come into my life. How do I know? The Bible says as soon as they receive the word and do not understand it, somebody say then. The wicked one has entrance into the life of every believer that receives a word that they do not understand. So this is my this is my warning to anybody that goes to a church just because their girlfriend go there. Or just because my homeboy go there. Oh, the choir is so good, but I don't understand what the preacher is saying. And you wonder why the enemy has taken residence in your life. Somebody say, I don't have understanding. Y'all better tell some of y'all friends that go to them churches where they don't get revelation. Ah, And watch this. Our foundational text says that as soon as there is no revelation, the enemy takes up residence. This is why it's critical for every believer, watch this, to never, never simply receive a word. I say this quite often, void of revelation. Um, Somebody say, even with Pastor Keith. I know y'all love me, but never receive a word void of revelation. In other words, we can't afford to be lazy believers that receive every word. I used to be so bad in the infancy of my of, uh, of my salvation because I would trust that because my pastor brought somebody that I should receive every word. So I become so wide open to everybody that I receive word void of revelation. 
Someone say that's dangerous. And I wonder why I just went to worship service and the enemy shows up. I had no, someone say, understanding. I, I stopped doing that. I don't care if it's my favorite preacher. I'm not going to be so wide open that I don't wait on. Somebody say revelation. Revelation, revelation. And we've got to be, in other words, uh, uh, that we receive every word that someone gives us void of revelation. We need revelation. And understand, in other words, understanding, but even more, we got to verify every word. This is why I give y'all notes so y'all can go back and verify the word. Because how many preachers have, 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 oh man, have scammed us out of money because we did not verify the word. I'm going to give you a prime example. Y'all know when the Bible says, press down, shaking together, shall men give unto your bosom? It has nothing to do with money. Go read your Bible. It has everything to do, somebody say, with mercy. Read your Bible. And they done got your money because you thought they was going to give money into your bosom. Somebody say, read your Bible. I tell y'all, even with myself, We've got to be like believers in Acts chapter 17, verse 11. The people of Berea were more open-minded than those in Thessalonica. I don't want to just be open-hearted. I need to be open-minded. And they listen eagerly to Paul's message. You can be ready to receive a word, but you still need revelation. This is Paul who wrote over two-thirds of the New Testament. They say, I don't care, Paul. We done heard about you casting out demons. We done heard about you planting churches here and there. But they search the scriptures. Watch this. Someone say daily. To see if Paul and Silas were teaching the truth. Here's why this is so critical. Somebody say, I'm a mere man. That means at any point, I'm subject to fall. Y'all don't know what happened before I got to church. And all y'all know is we love Pastor Keith. And Pastor Keith could have a spirit on him this morning to deceive God's people. So we've got to somebody say search the scriptures to see if what he's saying is true. Somebody say that's revelation. That's revelation. And they did not simply receive his word. They wanted to make sure it was, remember what I said that word is, that word knowledge is, somebody say it's truth. The revelation of the kingdom. Because every word, watch this, is not revelation of God's kingdom. It might be your revelation, but it may not be God's revelation. And how many people have spoken a word in their lives, not so that you can submit to God's kingdom, but submit to their kingdom? I've seen preachers preach words, not the kingdom of God, but their kingdom. I'm like, Lord, these folk is worshiping the pastor. Someone say that's dangerous. Y'all worshiping pastors and preachers. You got to search the scriptures. Because every word is not a revelation of God's kingdom. And notice what happened in verse number 12. Here's how you know the fruit of something that is the revelation of God's kingdom. It says, as a result, many Jews believe, as did many prominent Greek women and men. Some would say unbelievers. The real, the real sign of truth is that they submit, watch this, to the decree, to the order, and to the mandate, some might say, of God's kingdom. Not submit to your pastor, your preacher, your prophet, your best friend. Some might say his kingdom. Because watch this, here's why this is so significant. Because the word that you receive is the word that you give authority to rule in your life. 
this is why it's so dangerous. And we wonder why we see folk. I'm like, why is you following behind that, that pastor behind so closely? Because they received a word that was not truth, and it caused that word to rule over their life. And we look at them like they're crazy. I'm telling you, somebody say, it's the word. Therefore, if that word is not truth, we give room for the enemy to rule in our lives. And I said this, I know it may, we can have good intentions and we think we're just following our pastor, following our leader who is called, God is spiritually called over our lives. But I said there are only two kingdoms. So if you serve me more than you serve the kingdom of God, somebody say what you're really serving is, somebody say the enemy. Y'all don't like that. Y'all don't like that. Y'all some some folk think they serving their pastor and they're serving the enemy. Twisting scriptures to serve men. Oh, therefore, watch this. If we give room, if the word is not the truth, we give the room for the enemy to rule in our lives. So could it be, watch this, the very reason that the enemy is taking up residence in a believer's life is because they had no revelation. And this is why I say we've got to be so, the enemy is crafty, he's cunning, he's subtle. And many of us think we're doing, I'm, I'm just, I, I just thought this was my pastor, I thought I was supposed to love them. But the enemy can creep into him too. Somebody say search the scriptures. Take all of what I'm saying and search the scriptures. I don't need nobody worshiping me. Watch this, we can't afford to receive every word, but we must examine every word. Ask the Lord to give us understanding. Every word that I sit on because I've gave seeds that I regret. I've sold into folk that I'm now, I look back and I say, I'm such a fool. I could have kept that money in my pocket. You know what I do now? I examine every word. Somebody say examine. Yeah, I'm going to examine every word. We got to be like the psalmist who made this request of the Lord in Psalm 119.34. Give me understanding. And I shall keep your law. You can't keep God's law if you don't have, someone say revelation. And I shall observe it with my whole heart. You, you never, you'll never be following God without revelation. Because in order for the word of God's kingdom to abide in your hearts and for the kingdom of God to be advanced in our lives, it requires understanding. And this is why the enemy wants to darken our hearts. For us to live in continual ignorance of God's word. Because and somebody might be saying, how can my heart be darkened? How can the enemy attack us with such ignorance? Consider John 8, 12. I am the light of the world. And this is Jesus speaking. Who follows me shall not walk in darkness, but have light. Here's what I want you to know. God will never give you revelation if you really don't want to follow him. He says, those who follow me shall never walk in darkness. So the folk who really walk in darkness are the folk that really don't want to follow them. They want to follow their bishop, the apostle, but not God. I love y'all, but I ain't following y'all. I'm following God. Because I don't want to walk in darkness. This is how cults start. This is how folk get to see. Because we're following men more than we're following God. Those who have no desire to follow God's kingdom will always walk in darkness. Somebody say always. When you notice folk walking in darkness and you know they say they're a believer, tell they behind to follow God. Give them script. Somebody say give them Bible. Because they ain't got Bible. They ain't got Bible. Because God will never give revelation for those who don't want his kingdom to rule in their lives. 
and over their hearts. So here's the first thing. I said the ignorance of men. He attacks us by way of our ignorance. He wants to keep our hearts. Someone say darkened. Now let's look at verse 20 through 21. Somebody say stay focused. I ain't going to be before you long. But he who received the seed on stony places, this is he who hears the word and immediately receives it with joy. Yet he has no root in himself for endures only for a while. For when tribulation or persecution arises because of the word, immediately he stumbles. You can never build a kingdom that you don't believe in. This is why what you said so good, Dana, I, I appreciate just what God is doing in your life. Is there anything too hard for God? Somebody say, be careful about doubt. Thank you, Pastor Cole, because you helped us meet me this morning. I didn't even realize the enemy was attacking me. Watch this. And one, and one of the ways in which the enemy attacks and hinders the believer's ability to advance God's kingdom is by attacking their faith in God's kingdom. Because the enemy will triumph over a believer that does not trust in the kingdom that they say they serve. He will always have the victory over you if you don't trust the kingdom that you serve. Someone say, put your trust in the kingdom. This is why David warns us with these words in Psalm 52, 7. Watch what he says. Look what happens to the mighty warriors who do not trust in God. They trust their wealth instead and grow more and more bold in their wickedness. Some of y'all don't think y'all wicked. But somebody say, if I don't have faith, I'm in my flesh. When I don't have faith, I'm in my flesh. This means, watch this, we depend on the things of the flesh when we do not have faith. Somebody say, I know I'm right about it. When I don't have faith, I don't believe God's going to come through. I depend on my flesh. I don't know about nobody else. I'm a man, y'all. I want to take care of my home. But when I don't believe God to do it, I'm going to work. I'm going to depend on my flesh. I don't know about nobody else. I'm talking about myself. If we can be honest, men will steal when they don't trust God to provide. Men will lie when they don't trust God to reconcile. And men will even kill when they don't, call, they don't trust God to vindicate. I've seen pastor kill their wives because their wives cheated on them. Because they did not believe God to vindicate. Somebody say it's dangerous. He will attack you as soon as the enemy finds a place in your life that you don't have faith, the enemy wants to slip on in. Somebody say it's an attack. I I know y'all didn't think it's an attack. I thought you just was wavering in your faith. No, somebody say it's an attack. This means our lack of faith in the kingdom of God is not just unwise. Somebody say it's wicked. And this is why I noticed what the beginning portion, I'm going to give you Bible of Hebrews 11 and 6 says. But without faith, it's impossible to please him. So if I'm not pleasing him, somebody say, I'm wicked. Somebody say, help us today, God. Wherever I lack faith, Pastor Cole, I've been complaining and I did not realize I was carnal. We can't please God void of faith. Neither can we promote God's kingdom. Because void of faith, we operate in wickedness. Listen, here's how we've got to move. Like the three Hebrew boys, even if God don't do it. I know he can do it. I know you want God to move in such a way in your life, but never doubt God. Because just, I know we ain't going to like this. Just because he may not do it in my life, don't mean he can't do it. So we've got to be careful about how we talk about the kingdom that we say we serve. 
I remember several years into my marriage, it was about, we were going on seven years. We could not have children. I'm going to tell you something, Minister Dominique, and I don't know if you know. We were at Minister Dominique's wedding. And at the wedding, Bree and Dominique announced that they were pregnant. My heart was rejoicing for them, but it hurt in the same breath. As I said, God, we've been praying. God, you know what we want. But I had to remind myself, even if he don't do it, in my life, I've witnessed in their life that he can still do it. Because at the place of doubt, watch this. Somebody say the devil comes in. Yeah, he comes in. He comes in. And then how I would have operated in that situation probably would have been dependent upon what I would have received. And I could have lost out on my Sariah, my promise, because I was complaining about what God did in that life. Somebody say it's dangerous. Yeah, it's dangerous. So watch this. A believer without faith not only operates in his flesh, but we find ourselves fighting against God. Somebody say fighting against God. And this is why it's critical for believers not to just hear the word of the kingdom, but take hold of it. The word of the kingdom has to take root and take hold of me. Notice what Proverbs 29, 25 says. The fear of man brings a snare. Somebody say that's disbelief. But whoever trusts in the Lord shall be safe. That means the insecurities of a believer will always be a snare from the enemy. He wants you to believe in every insecurity in your life. That you're not good enough for this. That God don't love you enough to do this. That God ain't really with you like that. You ain't really cool with God like that. He wants those insecurities to be bred in your life. That it might produce somebody to say, my unbelief. Oh, it's so dangerous, God. Help us today. So the critical questions we've got to ask ourselves is, do you trust God's kingdom to keep you? Do you have faith that the word of God's kingdom will preserve you? God, just keep me by your word. Somebody say, God, keep me by your word. Because your security in God's kingdom is the, and the word of God's kingdom is that which will keep you safe. In other words, it's not that God going to always do it, but it keeps me from the snare of the enemy. Ooh, somebody say that's the safest place to be. Even when you ain't doing it, God, I'm not going to curse you. I'm not going to allow the enemy take, to take up residence in my life. And this is why verse 21 of our foundational text warns us of those void of faith with these words. Yet he who has no root in himself, but endures only for a while. We good for a few weeks. We good for about, for about a month. But as soon as that month keep going, I ask God, I say, God, what are you doing in my life? God, you know what I want to do. Why is it so hard and tough? I've got to let that word take root in me. The only reason I'm standing, y'all, is not because I feel good in my flesh. I don't feel good, but I allow the, the word to take root in my life. When tribulation or persecution arising because of the word, immediately he stumbles. And I've said this, and I need y'all to see something in that text. It says, because of the word, persecution arises. I said this, and I will always say it. When God gives you a word, you will always be tested on that word. Don't take any word from God casually. And here's what the enemy wants you to do is to drop your guard as soon as God gives you a word. 
And then when the, that word needs to be somebody say rooted in me. Ooh, you'll all be always be tested. I get tested before I deliver the word, and I hate that. Yeah, 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 yeah. Watch this. Your lack of faith in God will cause another not to put their faith in God. Mm. Why would the law serve a God and the kingdom that you do not trust? This is how you attack his kingdom. You might be saying, this is just what God doing in my life. He's just trying to do something in my life. God, the enemy is not attacking God's kingdom by me not believing. No, when your lack of faith, somebody going to watch you and say, no, if you can't put your faith in God, neither will I. Why would the lost serve a God that you do not trust? Y'all love to shout when everything's all right, but as soon as everything ain't all right. Consider what David says in Psalm 40 verse 3. He has put a new song in my mouth. Praise our God. Many will see it and fear and will trust in the Lord. And this is why we've got to find every area in our lives where we lack faith in God. He's always trying to take us from faith to faith. And listen, wherever you lack faith, find somebody who got faith. And I say this all the time about Mother Alvera. But listen, if cancer ever strikes my body, I'm going to be scared. But I'm going, I'm going to go to Mother Alvera because I know she got another level of faith in that area. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Somebody that's been going through something in a marriage, I've got to connect myself with them. Because, yeah. listen, I'm going to be scared. Yeah. yeah, I am. I don't want nobody taking my little babies from me. I don't want to be no weekend daddy. Y'all hear what I'm saying? So I've got to find somebody who has another level of faith. We're overcome by the word of the testimony. So hear this. I, I said it's the ignorance of man. It's the insecurities of man. And let, here's the last portion of our text. Look at verse number 22. The Bible says, now who has received seed among the thorns is he who hears the word. And the cares of this world and the deceitfulness of riches choke the word and he becomes unfruitful. Hear this. You can never advance the kingdom of heaven when another kingdom sits on the throne of your heart. You'll never be able to advance God's kingdom. When another kingdom sits on the throne of your heart. And the sad reality is many of y'all got the shirts. You got the shirts that say faith. I'm a kingdom citizen. I'm a kingdom kid. And another kingdom sits on the throne of your heart. And the sad reality is that many believers will say that. No, I don't have an idol. But believers have idols in their hearts. For many, money is an idol. Somebody say money. For many, your man is an idol. Say my man. See, y'all don't like that. Many of y'all put y'all man on a pedestal that they should not be on. And many, watch this, even ministry can become an idol. When ministry becomes my whole life, and I did not realize that ministry first begins at home, it has become an idol. Many people want to preach so people can clap and say, amen, you have made ministry an idol. In other words, many have allowed money, their man, and ministry to take. Watch this. Precedence and priority over God and his kingdom. Oh, I'm just chasing my dreams, Pastor Keith. That's the, what, that's the reason I ain't been in church in months. You've made it an idol. To make it a plain, an idol is, watch this, when we allow anything to reside in a place of our lives that is only reserved for God. Some of us have put people, things, and all kind of stuff in places that have only been reserved for God. Someone say, that's an idol. I know y'all ain't like that. You thought it was a little golden, golden bull, a carved image. No, them ain't the idols I'm talking about. Some of y'all got idols. Your idea of marriage has become an idol. The only reason I come to church is so somebody can give me a word about who my next man is going to be. Somebody say an idol. I spend money on marriage conferences because marriage has now become an idol. 
This is why y'all got sister wives. Y'all heard what I said? Because I want a man so bad, I'm going to link up with somebody else just to have a man. You made it an idol. Y'all don't like that this morning. I'm telling you. They made it idols. This is why, watch this. Wherever an idol has taken up residence, it leaves no room for God nor his kingdom. God, I only, I'm a, it's a good thing that I'm pursuing anything. Watch this. I don't care how small or insignificant you say it is. If it resides in a place that's been reserved for God, it leaves no room for him. And I'm going to give you a Bible. Watch, watch what, uh, as, as the Lord God instructed the children of Israel in Leviticus 19.4, he instructs us. Do not turn to idols, nor make for yourselves molding gods. I'm the Lord your God. I'm, I'm going to get to something. Because when believers turn to idols, by default, they turn away from God. I'm coming to church, but I got an idol. I'm on my face, but I got an idol. And your, your, your prayers will be misdirected because you'll be praying to God concerning the idol rather than praying to God. I'm, I'm fasting, but I still got an idol. There's no room for God. In other words, we turn away from God. You can be doing the things of God, a form of godliness, godliness but denying the power thereof. That's it. Uh, this is why the enemy attacks the kingdom of heaven by preparing and presenting idols in the life of a believer. He will present you an idol that looks good. I got to say this because I, I, I need deliverance to be in the house today. It's already gone forth because I don't care who's watching because I'm in another place of my life. I, I've, I've made a decision and I'll tell y'all this. Y'all going to get the preview. But I made a decision to step off my job. I made that decision. And hear this, as soon as I made a decision, the enemy presented an idol. Supervisor talking about extra money. A little raise here and there. I'm going to have you travel here and there. Somebody say, give me an idol. He prepares and presents an idol. So I will negate the very word of God over my life to move as God has instructed me and say, God, you know I can't turn this down. I'm going to set this aside so when, when it's really time for me to go, I'm straight. So I say it's an idol. It's an idol. It's an idol. It can be a good thing and still an idol. Consider what the idol, the, the idol that the enemy presented to Jesus in Matthew chapter 4, verse 8 through 9. The Bible says, again, and the devil took him up on an exceedingly high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their glory and said to him, all these things I will give you if you fall down and worship me. The enemy presented an idol. He wanted to take the place of God in the heart of Jesus. But notice the response of Jesus in verse number 10 of Matthew number 4. Then Jesus said to him, away with you, Satan, for it is written, you shall worship the Lord your God and him alone shall you serve. Jesus resisted the idol and the end that the enemy presented. So the critical questions we've got to ask ourselves is, watch this. What idols want to take up residence in our hearts? And listen, an idol will always be what your flesh like. He's never going to present you something that you don't like. It's going to be something that you like. Somebody say that my flesh likes. This is why y'all know when you go to, uh, you have your, your, um, your primary physician. And they do this history of your, of your health and your background. We've got to do that with our spirit, man. i got to look back and look at my flesh and see the things that I love and that I like. 
because here's why this is so critical. I'm not saying that you dwell on that stuff, but you got to be careful once you step into God and his kingdom because the enemy will present it as an idol. What idols have I failed to resist? That was an idol this week. I said, Lord, y'all trying, you these folk trying to get me to stay on this job. And here's a word of wisdom. The idols that you're unable to resist will cause God to resist you. This is why idols are so dangerous. I'm going to give you a Bible. Look at Exodus chapter 20, verse 4 through 5. You must not take for yourself an idol of any kind or image of anything in the heavens or on the earth or in the sea. You must not bow down to them, worship them, for I, the Lord, your God, somebody say he's jealous. He's a jealous God. And he will not tolerate your affection for any other gods. So the idol that I fail to resist will have God resisting me. Somebody say, help us today. Yeah, help us today. We, we thought it was subtle, but the enemy is subtle. He's subtle. This means when your heart abandons God, not only is it an attack on his kingdom, but God ultimately abandons you. I know God, the Bible says he'll never leave you nor forsake you, but he says, I will not tolerate your affection for any other, somebody say idols. Yeah, he'll abandon me. And this is why the enemy attacks God's kingdom by attacking us um, by way of idols. And this is why Proverbs 4.23 reminds us to guard our hearts. Because if anything other than God and his kingdom takes up residence, rests on our hearts, and rules in our hearts, it's an idol. I know folk that have made chasing their dreams an idol. I will shut anybody and everybody out, even God, because I'm after my dreams. Somebody say that's an idol. It rules me. In other words, it directs everything I do. So I know you might say, oh, I just love my man. But you don't need to be going, I'm sorry, in the midnight hour for your man to go pick up a meal that he loved. That's not love. That's crazy. You're a woman, and you shouldn't be out at night like that by yourself. If he can't go with you, then you don't need to pick up that food. If he ain't sick, don't get that food. I I know somebody watching you ain't gonna like that. But if that thing directs everything I do, the enemy wanted me to see if I dangle this, will it direct him? Somebody say the devil is a lie. I love Serena, but I listen. Some things I just ain't gonna do. You see how she in children's church, y'all, and I said that. (laughs) She going to get me later. But we must be reminded, watch this, that we can only advance God's kingdom to the degree that God's kingdom has been advancing us. And, And watch this. Somebody say, I'm always under attack. He's looking. The Bible says that he's going about like a roaring lion, looking for someone to devour. He's always looking, so he's always looking to present an idol. He's always looking to make sure and encourage ignorance in your life. He's always looking to promote insecurities in your life. I'm always under attack. I know we don't like that. This is why somebody say, I got to be on guard. This is why it's critical for believers to both discern the attacks. Ah, And I hate the fact I was telling my wife this earlier this week. We've got to stop calling the devil dumb. He's not dumb. He's very crafty. If if God could set up paradise, the perfect atmosphere for Adam and Eve, and they still fall, somebody say he's smart. 
Oh, yeah, he real smart. He'll come through your kids, that one that you love, that promised child. He'll come right through that one to get to you. We got to stop calling him dumb. So we got to discern the attacks, but we also got to defeat the attacks. And our foundational text reveals that these attacks on us and against God's kingdom are the ignorance of men. Somebody say, I need revelation. Even this word, I, I know it so much, and pastors will just preach and just talk and run their mouth and say so much stuff that you can, they, they do it to, to make sure that you can't examine every word. It's just too much. I don't got to be preaching that long. Okay, watch, watch out for long-winded folk. And yeah, long-winded folk like to talk in circles because they don't want you to have revelation. Not only revelation, these insecurities, whenever we can't build a kingdom that we do not believe in, even if he does not do it in your life, find somebody in, in another person's life that he's did it before. We've got to be like the saints of old. I know too much about them to doubt them. And you ain't got to know it about them because of your life. You should know it about somebody else's life. Someone say, I know too much about them. Yeah, I know too much about them to doubt them. And then the idols of men. Don't allow anything in your life to direct you more than God. Amen. Don't chase after money if God ain't tell you to do it. Yeah. Don't, don't, they, don't chase after the fame of ministry. Don't chase behind a man yeah. if God ain't tell you to do it. Somebody say that's an idol. There are only some places that belong to God and God alone. And as soon as you set up an idol, the idol that you do not resist, God will resist you. And here's the good news. This is what happens when we defeat these attacks. Not just discern them, but when we defeat them. That's what our text says. But he who received the seed on good ground is he who hears the word of the kingdom and understands it. Revelation, who indeed these bear fruit, produces some hundredfold, some sixty, some thirty. In other words, there's an inheritance for men when we can discern and defeat the enemy. In other words, watch this. We bear fruit. Let God... Here's the good thing about God. God ain't stingy. In other words, God's going to allow you to bear fruit and build his kingdom at the same time. And the reason why so many folk don't want to get caught up in God is because we think we lose ourselves. Let somebody say there's an inheritance for me. If I can just discern his attacks, if I can defeat his attacks, God says I'm going to cause you, somebody say, to bear fruit. Yeah, that's good news, and God will even say, I'll allow you to build my kingdom. We can't consider the enemy dumb. The way that he attacks God's kingdom is by, somebody say, attacking me. Let us stand to our feet. Thank you for the spirit of God in this place. God, I thank you, God, for the worship and how you spoke through worship. Thank you, God, that you prepared our hearts for this word. Somebody shout Focus. God, thank you, God, for a focused people. People that readily receive your words like the Jews in Barrera. But God, not only do we want to readily receive this word, but we wanted to have revelation in our lives. I pray, God, for understanding that nobody walks out saying, what did Pastor keep saying? I don't have no clue. Not today, devil. God, we see your attacks. We've discerned them. Matter of fact, God, we... We came against the attacks of the enemy in worship. There is nothing too hard for you. The enemy wants doubt to be built up in our lives. But we thank you now, God, 
that we know God. If you're the same today, yesterday, and forevermore. God, we see every attack. We, not only do we discern it, but we'll defeat it. So God, we thank you now, God, that we come against ignorance. God, give us revelation. Let us, God, never receive a word without examining that word. We need it to be truth. For whatever word we receive, God will rule over our lives. And God, we pray, God, that we can be a vessel that might rescue somebody else. God, we know folk that are sitting under words that are not your truth. Help us, God. Give us great boldness to rescue them from the snares of the enemy. I know they may be in church today. I know it may look like a church, but it's a kingdom of the enemy. Help us, God, to have that kind of revelation that we see truth and receive your truth. And God, I pray, God, for the insecurities of your people. Thank you, God, for Dana. Thank you for the worship team. Thank you, God, for speaking life into those that came to the altar. Let us never doubt you again, God. God, even if, let us be like the three Hebrew boys. God, even if you don't do it, God, we know you can. Let us stand in that kind of faith. Let it preserve us, God. For God, even if we're um, thinking, God, we don't know where the provision will come from. God, will stand on your word. We don't know where our healing will come from. Because the doctors are saying everything different. God, we'll stand on your word. God, we don't believe, God, that the relationship will, will be reconciled. We'll stand on your word. Because we believe you to be true. If you did it for them, God, you can do it for us. And even if you don't do it, God, we trust you. And God, we thank you, God, and we come against every idol. Everything, God, that has taken place in residence in our lives that does not belong in that place. For it's reserved for you, God. If it's our money, God, help us today. Let us remove that idol. If it's a man, God, help us today. Let us remove that idol. If it's our children, God, help us remove that idol. If it's our job, help us remove that idol, we pray. No more idols in our lives. For God, we can't afford for you to resist us. And we thank you, God, for this inheritance. God, we stand all eligible for this inheritance. Let us bear fruit and build your kingdom. We love you. We adore you. And it's in Jesus' name that we do pray. Every believer that believe God, that is going to come against the attacks of the enemy, somebody give God a hand clap of praise.